0: welcome good fathers thank you for listening to this podcast uh, thank you for tuning in uh, I won't waste your time I know it's limited I am a father myself uh, I have three boys one is 18 years old thinks he fucking knows everything one is four years old thinks he fucking knows everything and then one is two years old and he thinks he's the boss of every fucking buddy in the house so welcome I'm speaking from experience, but also asking for advice. It's a weird dynamic, this, this Good Fathers thing. It's a community, it's a decentralized community. I get asked a lot, what is Good Fathers? Good Fathers is kind of a mix between like the NA program, church, small group, a street gang, the mafia, um, maybe a little Knights Templar thrown in there just for for fun not the you know egregious shit but the the loyalty of it all i mean the truth is it's it's wholly experimental it's it's being built as it's existing um the good fathers is simply me at 45 years old kind of revisiting parenthood of a young child of young children uh later in life And from a different perspective and wishing desperately that with my with my oldest child, I would have had a community of older dads to to tell me how quick it goes, um, what to fight for, what's important, what's not important, and the you know, divorce custody settlements and shit like that. You know, you you navigate that road by yourself and you get to the end of it and you can think two things. You can think one you know man that was difficult uh why me or two you can think i hope nobody else has to have as difficult of a fucking time as i did and not to say that i had the most difficult time i'm not you know this isn't a fucking you know this isn't victim olympics this is just saying create the the community that you needed and that i need to be quite honest um you know, I, I don't know if you're if you're not listening in America, I'll give you some context to the American Midwestern male. Um, we could literally be impaled with a city bus sitting on our fucking stomachs bleeding out. If you were to ask us how we are, we'd say I'm good. That's just how we're conditioned, how we were conditioned from little boys um, to be and and. It's not true 100%. I've realized in my later life, there is a whole other America that exists where, you know, children's needs were met and, you know, they were taken seriously and they were allowed to talk to adults. Um, and, you know, spankings didn't happen. And we'll use spankings in quotes. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, so not everybody has had that experience. I realize I understand that. But if you are from the Midwest and come from the same socioeconomic background that I do, um, chances are your parents didn't have the bandwidth to reason with a fucking terrorist. So, you know, you got an abrupt, you got prepared for the world as it is, um, not as as they wanted it to be, or as they thought they that it is, and as they knew it. And so, you know, there's this unique chasm that happens generationally that I'm finding where, you know, I'm I'm trying the gentle parenting. I'm down with the gentle parenting thing. I've talked about it. I champion it, you know, but it's a discipline and it's a muscle. And uh, I don't know if you follow on Instagram. There's a, a creator or content creator, Tank Sinatra. I've been following him for a long time. I thought his shit was funny before he even had kids. Really, but he's been doing some like parenting, you know, fatherhood parodies, and I've been putting them on the uh, our Instagram page. Which, by the way, you know, follow it. It's uh I, I try to put up little anecdotes as they come to me. If you have anything, you know, if you if you think of anything, and you're like, this is inspirational, or I read this and it was cool, or you know, you should post this, tr- send it to me. I'll fucking yeah, I put it right up there. I mean, there's no there's no driver in that seat there's no nobody's selling anything it's not a marketing thing it's just fatherhood encouragement man if the more you're thinking about being a dad and thinking about being a good dad that's a fucking win for me that's a win for me and that's a win for society so that's it that that's the that's the sleight of hand now what comes from that um is is a lot of information, you know, when you think about being a good father and when you think about other people just trying to be a good father, you know, a big piece of that, as you know, if you're a man in America and a dad is providing for your family. And I would say, in my experience, loose calculation, 90% of the dad's, just want to fucking provide for their family, provide for their kids. Um, you know, a, a lot of marriages end because of financial stress statistically. I mean, this, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. This is like reality. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I would love to say men, all men want to do is provide for their family, but of that family structure, the the relationship that you that should never be severed is the one between parent and child and unfortunately in our society it is because there's a power dynamic financially you know people say "fuck the patriarchy death to the patriarchy sure but you know in child court it's it's not the patriarchy i, I promise you um Not to make a political statement, and that isn't a political statement. I don't know if we live, I don't know what the fuck we live in, Democratic Republic. I'm a political atheist. I think both parties fucking suck. Um, I am a spiritual anarchist. Uh, I've deconstructed, I'm reconstructing with a mosaic that doesn't make sense to any other living human being, but my own, uh, myself, and so far it works for me. Uh, When it doesn't, I'll change it and figure something else out. Um, so there's no, you know, come to my, this or join my, this or vote this, none of that shit. It's none of that shit because all of that is a distraction to keep us from putting our heads together and saying, what do we, what needs to really fucking be done? And are you okay? Are you good? You going to be all right? What needs to happen? How can I help you? How can I help this what do we need to build? We can build whatever the fuck we want. That's the beauty of this country. Um, in theory, I mean, you know, we'll see if if a movement takes wings and, and you know things are actually happening, people are living well. One of us might get assassinated. That's fine. I'm, I'll take the bullet. I'm fine with it. If it, if it means if it means families get to breathe free and play and people get to hear their children laugh and you know just be there just be there for the good the bad the ugly i mean it's hard it's it's hard to it's hard to be poor in america um fact plain and simple it's hard to have to work quadruply hard to not be in poverty in America. And that is the piece that we kind of forget about, the silent sufferers, you know, the people who got to leave this job and take the kids over here because they got to get back to this job. And then, you know, they also do this on the side and this on the side. And, you know, they're still having a hard time making ends meet. Like, this is the reality that we live in. Um. Everybody is struggling different, and because we we don't we no longer or that community, we have no idea. We have no idea what's going on with each other. God forbid we we say anything real on social media or post anything real on social media. You know that that's all kind of keeping up with the Joneses shit, and it, it just it's a cycle. It just keeps getting us in more and more and more and more and more trouble. Um. So you know that. I know that's not answers or solutions to the problem per se, but it's putting our heads together. I think we could figure some shit out or at least get the ball moving in that direction. I mean, what else do we have to do? You know, we can't leave this place for our kids, man. We can't tell them grandma and grandpa really fucked this place up for you. And we just left it to because it had gotten out of control at least start the cleanup process you know at least try to get back to the community I don't know if you're if you grew up in the in the early 80s to me and I know I'm biased I know I'm biased but if you grew up in the early 80s that was the best time to grow up in in the Midwest I can't speak for everywhere but i won't say it was the the best time I, I take that back here's what i'll say it was the last generation to truly have an experience of community growing up and i don't know if it's like you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist so i'm not going to say you know they're trying to keep Is separated and divided so that they can do all this shit. You know, if it was me and I was evil, yeah, I wouldn't want people getting together. People together is very fucking powerful. But that's my point. If we know that the other way, then somebody's eventually got to say, hey, let's fucking get together, try to figure some shit out. So that's what this is. And why is it good fathers? Because fathers are mortgaged. Single people, people without kids, what the fuck do they care? They're not going to be here. I'm not gonna be here. You're not gonna be here. But unlike my parents and parents' parents, I see the effects. For the first time in history, we're seeing the effects, and you know, big corporate media, they can't, they're having a hard time covering it with, you know, ooh, new TV and movie technology. Keep them distracted. The NFL, the MLB. You know, it's it it, it it's late stage fucking psychosis you know the amount that people are sold and preyed upon in our society it it makes you crack and we wonder why people are on depression anxiety medications that's what this group is for this group is to kind of decompress with other dads and be like hey man you're not fucking crazy for feeling that way like society is gaslighting us all in a way you know um but just having People to bounce that off of i can say from personal experience is the difference between can be the difference between life and death um and i don't say that to be dramatic i don't say that to be emotive again there's nothing to fucking join there's nothing to you know sign up for um i'm not trying to get you to believe anything all i'm trying to do is create a real fucking honest space for brave dudes to jump in and just say, you know, here's my notes. What are your notes, and and what can we do, you know? How can we move the ball forward? Because I will say, and and some of you don't know this if you don't know me personally, but my background is I studied to be a minister. Um, I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a minister. I at 16 years old, I had a radical um, religious conversion experience to christianity i've since um moved away from christianity or deconstructed from christianity i'm reconstructed to i'm reconstructing to kind of a non-duality but that's you know my own personal shit i'm just giving you context um so yeah i was studying to be a, a, a minister and what drew me to that through that conversion was um you know i was 16 years old no i was Probably seventeen years old at that point. Um, in fact, yes, I know I was seventeen years old at that point. Not that it fucking matters, but you know, I was had a little you know weed business that was lucrative. Worked as a line cook in Freeport, Illinois. Dropped out of high school. Um, was kind of on a on a path that is all too predictable. And unfortunately, at forty five, um, you know, I, I I got to see what happened to people that didn't. Kind of get out of the fucking get off that path, um, and I'm not. That's not a judgment call. That's a literal there, but by the grace of God, go I. Not that I was any better or worse than anybody else. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not making a statement with this. I'm just telling you a fucking story. So, um, hmm. so I have this kind of radical conversion experience uh, from a gentleman by the name of Steve Barr, who is no longer. Uh, alive but i credit him as a mentor to literally saving my life and you know literally changing the trajectory of my life um etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know he was giving me a ride home they kind of did this open gym thing for uh for you know people kids to hang out as an alternative because there really there was really nothing for kids to do. And when I say nothing for kids to do, I mean like nothing for poor kids to do. Like, of course, go to the mall, go to the movies. You gotta have fucking money to do that, asshole. So um when I say there wasn't a lot for kids to do, I mean there wasn't a lot of kid there wasn't a lot of spaces kids could be at, uh, especially in the nineties. And there wasn't a lot of spaces where you wanted to be at where it was kind of, you know, safe to be at, to be honest. I mean, there was this one place behind the Martin Luther King Center that they called little Crenshaw, but, um, you know, you definitely, if you're trying to be on, on the straight and narrow, you know, you weren't going to hang out. There. So it was kind of, he called it a basketball ministry, which it was, you know, for all intents and purposes and definitions, it was, and it was very, you know, it, it worked in getting people to say, you know what, I'm going to go chill out these people are here. You know, they seem to be, you know, about the right stuff. And, um, my regret, my one regret in life, and and it's not even a real regret. It's a, in the story of my life, feels like a, a kind of a betrayal because it was, left open ended. But I left that church to move to Rockford to turn. mega church and it was a multi-level marketing scheme and you know the church was taking money but doing the shit that they were supposed to do according to the book and i got you know embittered like so many people after me i don't want to brag and say i did it first but i was about you know 20 years ahead of a lot of my peers who are now deconstructing welcome welcome to the other side Um but and I, I I partially joke with that because I I just left and to put everything in a box and was like, you know what, I'm going to put this in the attic of my mind and I'm not going to touch it right now. I'm just going to fucking I'll go my way. You guys go your way. And there was this line from um the movie Last Unicorn, which is like a anime. It's like one of the first Japan anime movies. Um, but it's not like officially Japanime. I don't know if there's an official category for that, but it's like, it's this rogue film that was animated. Mia Farrell's the unicorn. It's called The Last Unicorn. Anyway, there's this line in it where I'll set the scene um, so you can visualize it. So there's this magician who's like a shitty magician. His name is Schmendrick. There's, he actually kind of, has these flashes of magic, but he's like, he can't control it. He's just like a shitty magician. Anyway, this lady captures the last unicorn. She's got her locked up behind this magical lock that the unicorn can't break. And she's taken away her magic or whatever. Um, and there's a harpy also. And then the rest of the animals are just like regular animals that she's cast a spell over so that the villagers would see like manicures and all of these fictional beasts. And, uh, the the magician ends up freeing the unicorn. And then she says, You need to free the um the harpy as well, because she doesn't belong here. And he's like, She'll kill us. And so he she unlocks it, frees the harpy. Harpy circles around, kills the witch that you know had her locked up. This is terrifying, by the way, when you're like six years old. Um, but the unicorn says something fucking badass, and it's kind of been a mantra in my later life and it was never run from anything immortal it only draws attention to yourself and that's kind of how i lived for a long time it was like i'm i'm just gonna lay low i paid at the office i paid my dues if there's an afterlife you know i'll I'll go over to the the self-help desk and you know check in and let them know that uh I endured a bunch of bullshit with no real payoff so you know here we are and <clears throat> that was that for a long time but I I maintained this contempt for the evangelical church the mega church especially over the next you know 10 15 years where they really became these uh kind of nat- they 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 really kind of wedded politics with there with dogma and religion and you know we saw that in the 90s for sure we saw that in the early 2000s but it felt like a kind of a revival of that and and instead of it being fringe it was more like mainstream um and it it sickened me and it you know it was like these people aren't doing what they're fucking supposed to and you know why aren't they feeding people why isn't joel osteen letting homeless people you know sleep in his church during the fucking flood um And then it hit me, it was like, your judgment is your indictment. So looking at these institutions and saying that is me saying to myself, like, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you doing anything? But then you ask, what can I do? And I can't really do a lot of shit. I don't have time. I got young kids. You know, I've been off work since our son got, you know, his diagnosis. It's, it's not like I can contribute financially to these things. So it leaves you with this. What can I do? And I wrestle with that and have wrestled with that. And sometimes for me, it's, what can I do? I can fucking be here for my son right now who needs me. And that's the, the, the greatest good that I can do. And it feels good to know that you're doing what you perceive to be the greatest good. But outside of that, you know, I got to kind of thinking like. If you got 10 dads and you wanted to take care of a problem, 10 dads, depending on the problem, but, you know, if it it was a simple enough problem, 10 dads could knock it right the fuck out, you know, 10 dads could make shit happen. And that kind of, you know, became the good fathers. It was like, what if you did all of the shit? That churches or you know government programs that are supposed to help people are supposed to do, but instead they're siphoning you know donation money or tax dollars and not we're seeing no results. Instead of fighting that policy, it's easier in my mind, and maybe because I'm neurodivergent and you know have a little bit of a, a messianic Napoleon complex, sure, sue me. Um, it's easier to just circumvent that entirely and just fucking do it. And that comes from being a restaurant general manager for the last decade. You know, if you want to know something is going to be done, right. Do it your fucking self until you can build a team around you that you can trust and they can trust you. You got to do it yourself and then trust, but verify, you know, this is, but instead of it being a, you know, pyramid scheme, like most things in this current world, it's an upside down kingdom because the person, you know, the only real person that is in this right now is myself. So I realize how I sound like a crazy person, but I'm telling you, this is where I'm trying to go. So if you're trying to go there, then let's fucking go. Um, but yeah. Sorry, Sonny Savitsky. Shout out to Sonny Savitsky. He's texting me right now. They're trying to bully me in this fantasy football league because they know I don't give a fuck about the NFL right now. And my son is, you know, ill. And I've been watching him. So he's trying to trade me for these. All my good players, they want to trade me three shitty players for. And I'm like, oh, three's better than one. And you look at the number. It's like, oh, projected points, which don't mean shit because nobody has been able to figure out how to project these fucking points apparently. So I've gotten hosed. So he's trying to beat me up again. I'm going to read the text to you out loud. Sorry, Sonny. Um, But if I may, Jordan Addison, who I offered you, has actually scored more points than your only producer left. I want to part ways with him because Justin Jefferson is supposed to be coming back this week, and I don't want want two Vikings receivers on my team. Would you be at all interested in me giving you him and somebody else for McLaurin? See, so he wants McLaurin, who apparently is my only good player left, he wants jordan addison so you know if you know anything about sports weigh in is that is that how a friend treats a friend is this trustworthy is all fair and love and fantasy football um i kid but in all honesty you know fantasy football is a community the text thread with my fantasy football league uh So many times something has happened in in our personal lives and, you know, they post about Hey, prayers needed. And, you know, the other 11 dudes are there like community can be around anything. Why would we make it around an hour of some asshole talking on Sunday morning when, you know, we got to get ready for fucking football. So that's my pitch for the good fathers. I want to one part of it to be, discussion-based you know kind of small group no agenda what are you working through here's the the advice or, or or the listening ear of the village how can we help you practically and um uh what's it called existentially um but then the other piece is what work can we do and if we coordinate and organize We can knock some shit out, man. We could really, really knock some shit out. And it's exciting and it's experimental and it's fun. So, you know, if you kind of looked at the state of the world and decided that, you know, maybe it's not about making all the money you can make in the world. Maybe it's about finding that balance and kind of working back towards community, then you're more than welcome. The only, the only criteria for being a member of the good fathers is you just got to be a dad. You don't have to be a dad in great standing. You don't have to be a dad living in the house. You can be an estranged dad. You can be a alienated dad. You could be a new dad. You could be an old dad. Um, All are welcome. And it's just dads helping dads, you know, that's it. That's the agenda. So if that sounds appealing to you, um, give us a follow We're going to start some things digitally at first, and then we're going to try to, you know, break up into, into some regional stuff and we'll get some stuff going. That's uh, you know, that's interesting. And like I said, fun and and adventurous and uh, let's see what we can do. I don't know how much time is left on the clock. I could die tomorrow, but you know, let's, let's try to move the ball forward while we're here. Peace and love, man. Have a good week.